Six Sundays ago, the church celebrated Pentecost, the day when the Jesus movement, as our presiding bishop likes to call it, catapulted into action. The people gathered there were no longer a private club for the aficionados of Jesus. They were no longer merely a small cultic practice of worship. And no longer, perhaps most importantly, children dependent on parental dictates, but now adults propelled by their own faith. Now, against all odds, against the enormous organization of Roman power, against the pervasive influence of Jewish tradition and rule of life, now a genuine initiative, a movement. A movement made up of people so convinced, so faithful, so in tune with God, that they poured out into the world and changed it forever. The texts from scripture today talk about the process by which the spirit comes into and out of us and makes us members of that movement. First of all, we hear the story of Elisha and Elijah, which are texts containing the Old Testament version of the movement. The inestimable Old Testament scholar Walter Brueggemann calls Elisha the Pentecost guy because his faith is so solid that it leads to a fantastic record, which I will talk about in a minute, of making new things out of dead things. Elisha starts out as a very middle-class guy, plowing his parents' fields, a man who has not strayed very far from the habits of his parents and his grandparents and his great-grandparents, the normal limits of habit, which are those that belong to children before they become adults. The prophet Elijah, on the search for a new recruit at the behest of God, God had told him, after all, go and get a new prophet going. The prophet Elijah eyes him in the field, throws his cloak over him, and causes Elisha to reconsider his mission. Elisha keeps this cloak, this mantle, which is clearly meant to be the transmission of power and fulfillment from Elijah to Elisha. Elijah has used his own mantle and will use it again to part the waters of the Jordan, after which he is taken into heaven by a whirlwind. Does it sound like anybody to you? The whirlwind is the same wind we are given to understand that blows where it will and which enlightens so many souls at Pentecost. But before Elijah gets away, Elisha asks for a double measure of Elijah's spirit, which he recognizes might help him break out of the ordinary way in which he lives his life and get into the life of a zealous prophet. Because isn't that always the way that we begin to put our childhood aside? We meet a wise elder, a mentor, a priest, a therapist, a confessor, a professor, the parent of a friend, who takes an interest in us and treats us not as our parents did as children, but now as an adult with adult ideas. I remember that in graduate school. My sole desire was to be just like my supervisor, 
walk like, talk like, act like, write like, my supervisor. Taking Elijah's mantle is that experience. Taking Elijah's mantle is the experience of seeing yourself the way you could be with a little help from a friend. Elijah holds on to the mantle and goes back to kiss his parents goodbye. He then celebrates with a feast of oxen, the same oxen with whom he was plowing. And he goes on to do many, many things. Before he does that, he feeds all the people there on the oxen in a remarkably Christ-like way. Because he's already on fire with God's abundance, with God's transforming ways. Elijah lived, Elisha lived during the reign of Ahab and Jezebel. Do you remember them? They were most certainly murderous, duplicitous, manipulative, oppressive kings, queens. They had no regard for Torah practices or covenant with Yahweh. Against them, against their reign, against the oppression of all of that, Elisha, Elisha was consumed with his faith, with the double spirit of Elijah, with a sure knowledge that he was now in partnership with Yahweh. He clearly saw that it went from Yahweh to Elijah to him. And in that sureness, he raised the son of a, of a Shunammite woman from the dead, raised the son from the dead, turned poisonous food into edible food, cured a Syrian general of leprosy, eased the famine in Israel by the use of the wind, and finally, anointed a new and better king of Israel. Now Elisha is full of the transforming power. Now he is demonstrating that God is interested in the common good, in healing, in just economics. More than subversive. It's completely transformational. This business of radical transformation as the mature expression of faith is not as straightforward as it may seem. When, for instance, my son and daughter-in-law, who had forsworn religion for at least 15 years, went back to church, I was astonished. But I had to say, of course, why not the Episcopal Church? Hadn't I been a good enough role model? Hadn't I pointed out enlightened theology in the Episcopal Church? Hadn't I said, it's a democracy, for heaven's sake, how can you forsake it? Obviously, I was hurt by their unspoken judgment of my choice. Why? I asked them. I just couldn't keep my mouth shut. Because, they said in their youthful exuberance and complete sincerity, this church we chose are not hypocrites. Hypocrites. They're not hypocrites. They believe and they practice social justice. Okay. <laughs> Of all the answers that I expected, that was not the one that occurred to me. And so I went to that church. I went to see what could compel them after 15 years of staunch agnosticism to go to church. The music was beautiful. The hospitality was warm. The reflections were sincere. But it was true. Every other word was a message about social justice. Many dollars committed, many volunteer hours, and many, many reflective thoughts. I'm still trying to understand, 
about this. <laughs> but now I see that their choice is not so much a rejection of my choice as it is an embrace about what they understood their faith to mean. They have taken my mantle and turned with it to their own mission in the world. Jesus says something about this process. He says, let the dead bury their own dead. No one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Because Jesus is on his way to the final confrontation between the newness of God and the preoccupation with death, the powers of Rome. And he has no time for anything else. He leads with a more radical edge than Elijah, who at least let Elijah kiss his parents goodbye. Don't kiss your parents, Jesus says. Put aside your old ways. Put aside those things which will not help you. Doing the same old thing is for foxes and birds. This is a take-no-prisoner message. The spirit of Pentecost, the power of Pentecost, is alive in this congregation. We live in times of deep mistrust of religion, and deep turmoil surrounding the values of the gospel. We live in a culture alienated from its creator. It's getting harder every year to stay afloat as a church, as the mission of God in the world. And yet, and yet, we, you, put a deep stake in the ground this year when you invested in a place a rector could live. That is a message to the world that we are alive and thriving and that we will make something new out of something which has nearly died. The mantle of faith of Elijah is here with us in this congregation. Each one of us has Elijah and Elisha within us. Each one of us has a mantle to bestow and a mission waiting to be called forth. Each one of us could be the next candidate for the position of God's agent of transformation. Look around. Maybe that candidate is sitting next to you right now. Maybe you are that candidate just looking for Elijah to throw you a mantle. We are invited in these scriptures to resist the seduction of jaded cynicism in the world today. We are invited to disregard the world's pull to death and its minions' terror and greed. We are given here in, among our fellows at Pentecost the spirit of life, the agency of God, the power of transformation. So this week, find somebody you know and throw that person a mantle because you could change the world. This has been a sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing, welcoming community for those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You can reach us by phone at 415-388-1907 or visit us online at our Savior and
ourslavio.org. That's O-U-R-S-A-V-I-O-U-R-M-V for Mill Valley dot O-R-G. We wish you God's peace, and we hope to greet you in person very soon.